Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah Yes, indeed, it is the Keith Walsh Podcast and it is Monday night It's uh, 10 o'clock, 5 past 10 I have, I have to go to bed soon, I have rehearsals tomorrow with uh, my director Janet my director Janet with the director Janet she's her own director and uh, she happens to be directing the play Pure Mental that I wrote at the moment so she's not my director she's she's brilliant Um, but anyway uh, it's late it's only 10 o'clock Heath. relax the fucking cacks um, but uh, yeah and I think most of the house is actually in bed at this stage. Charlie normally joins me to sit at my feet, um, but he must be in bed because he's not here. I mean, what I mean is everybody must be in bed because Charlie's in here. He must be gone to bed as well with everybody else. Um, he's gone to where the comfort is, to where the warmth is, to where all the bodies are, to where the bodies are burnt, buried, burnted. So um, anyway, yeah, this is episode 12 of the Keith Walsh podcast and it is a chat with my friend Mike and we we get into, we meander, we start off talking about, we start off on a bit of a laugh, Mike was talking about what a shit day he had, didn't really sound like a shit day, and we got into talking a little bit of a light-hearted, light hearted, light debate about mental health and stuff, which was very good and healthy and enjoyable. And uh, we finished off with a lovely, heartwarming story about Iggy Pop. And, oh, we came up with a great idea. We, Myself and Mike, I should explain, if just in case it's your first time listening to this, we worked together in a hotel in London in the 90s, and we were porters, we were baggage porters. He was my boss, so he was kind of the concierge at the concierge desk. He always calls himself a porter, like a baggage handler. And I was the mostly the bag carrier, but we worked shift, you know. So if I was on the late shift, I'd be the concierge and the, and carrying the bags as well. But he was a good boss, and uh, we met up recently. So I just he just has some great stories because he worked in hotels and he's met lots of people. Um, but uh, he came up with a great. I was saying, I was joking about you know working in the hotels again. Would they take us back? And uh, he came up with a great idea for hotel front desks to do with handling baggage you'll hear it and as I said lovely Iggy Pop story I mean what more could you ask for I'll leave it at that Um, please if you haven't listened to the other episodes and you're just new uh, listen back and please forgive me for the sound on some of them I'm kind of only getting used to all this kind of stuff and of course as it is with me rather than you know waiting till everything is right and I know how to use the mics properly and I know how to use the audio properly I just lashed into it and now I'm <laughs> 11 episodes in 12 episodes in I'm going oh so you speak into the side of the mic with the blue light which I knew already I just didn't realise this mic had a blue light which I discovered when I moved it the other day you'll hear more on that probably in the other episodes and in many episodes to come surely um so that's the crack. I'll leave you with that thought, whatever thought that was. I'll be back for a little few words after this. It's episode 12 of the Keith Watch podcast with me chatting to my friend Mike. 
no, 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 it's uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry, you, you don't want to get into this. No, 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 uh, uh, you want me to record. So... <laughs> I, Mike, I should say I'm recording now. Okay, well, uh, I, I, I'm kind of muffled in my ears, it's really odd. I it can't is. hear a thing. You sound a bit, uh, sound a bit different. Are you, are you hassled there, Michael? No, I think I've got the wrong pair of uh, earphones on, or something. You kind of sound okay now. How, how are you yeah. feel? Have you got anything in your ears, or? <laughs> I've just had a shower, so I might have some waterborne viruses or something in me. Did you not get a chance to push your more and have a think for yourself today? Is that what's, is that what's going on? I, I have had a, monument, a, a monumentally shit day so far. I, oh. I tried I tried to hoover. I tried to mow. I put the washing out on the line. It got pissed on three or four times. I am having a bad day. I tried to put the fucking fire out or clear it out, and I fucked that up because the ashes, when I went to the front door, the wind was going the wrong way. So it was ash and shit all over my mouth and teeth, and you breathed in what you've been burning. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, maybe this isn't for podcasts. Uh... <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. Can I suggest that doesn't sound like a very bad day? Like, you're uh, maybe that's the, a bad day in Claire. Is the day bad or are you bad, Mike? Well, it's funny because I was listening to you, actually. <laughs> I, I was listening to your Mental Health Day podcast um, on Saturday. Well, it was you, you recorded it on Saturday and I listened to it today. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm trying to get all this, all this stuff done. I'm going to turn oh. my video off. Turn your video off so we get nice and uh, make sure we have good bandwidth or something whatever the hell i don't know how this has happened i can't stop video stop video okay okay now we should be okay now so so you're listening to my podcast yeah so i got up with the best will in the world to help sally ann do some stuff and get everything done before the time she got home because her monday mornings are taken up with our son who is on work placement at the moment and she has to get up early with him drive him to his place of work then she goes for a swim uh, which is supposed to calm her down and then she comes home into this very sort of cool and calm atmosphere I'm off at the moment off work so um, I thought right you know what I'm going to do I'm going to hoover I'm going to clean out the fire I'm going to do all these little jobs have the dog walked and everything she came back and it was like 10 to 12 I was still in my dressing gown, sweating like a, an old man and just not in control of any situation whilst listening to your podcast on mental health. And <laughs> I, 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 arrogantly thinking to myself that, you know what, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know what this fucker's talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I suggest, I would suggest that the day is fine. You know, you're you're almost blaming the day, Mike. You're like... Oh, it's a fucker of a day. <laughs> it's almost to remove yourself from any having any responsibility to what's going on. It's just one of those days. Oh. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with removing yourself from the responsibility. You know, if the you were talking about the universe conspiring to do stuff, I think actually today I was wrong. The universe does conspire against us. I think it. Uh, yeah, it's fucked me today anyway. Sometimes, but, hey. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, it's okay. Maybe you were, see, yeah, maybe it was the prospect of having to do the podcast, you know, at, at a certain time on a Monday, and you're like, oh, gee, I've, I've never done it on a Monday before. This is new. This is something different. No, I, I have done it on a Monday before, I think. Um, mm. And I actually, I hadn't even thought about it when I got up. Um you know what? When you were close to your microphone there, I could hear you, but now I can't. I'm hearing oh. a muffle. Oh, how's this? That's much better. Now. Oh, I, yeah. I, can't, I just moved away briefly, so maybe it was, maybe it's my mic is the problem. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Listen, that's that's what you expect from shitty Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect any more. That's just more of it now. Ah, that's more of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I just think I, I think bad days in Clare are probably different to bad days in the East. That could be arrogant of me, but you know. Oh, don't start me off on the fucking people from the East with their made up accents. And they're, you know, the guys down the country don't know how they have it, you know, how easy it is down the country. But so they're all doing this. But Mike, you're from Limerick and like, I don't, you don't have, like, you do not have a Limerick accent. So like, be careful, you know. But I, I, I sort of lived in, in London and I was born in London. So I have this kind of, it's not my accent. I'm not giving out about my accent. I'm giving out about everybody else's accent. It's okay to be negative. I didn't. I didn't for one moment think that I would come across as some miserable fuck talking to you this afternoon. I, I in fact, I just had a shower, which I had to rush because the fucking dog started barking out the back. So, um, and I was thinking, oh, we could talk about this, and we could talk about that, and we could talk about the other, as our pre-production meeting was obviously cancelled. Uh, and. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Here I am. I try. Oh, I tried to. I, I bought a new computer because I thought I could write stuff. Um, and Sally Ann told me, listen, she's going to be back at five o'clock. So um, that's why I said to you, could we do this a little bit earlier? Um, and she needed to do some things in this room where I'm talking to you from now. And uh, I said, right, okay, I'll go up to my new laptop. My my my, my new laptop is a year and a half old, and. Um, uh, really annoyingly, um, it's a Windows 10 thing, and it just doesn't work in the way I expect computers to work. It is so confusing and so unnecessary. And when I was sitting up there trying to get on to this Zoom call, um, I tried to put the microphone and speakers and all that sort of stuff into it. No. Wouldn't have a bar of it. Wouldn't even let it into the hole. It's just this mo- fucking Monday. <laughs> the com- computer literally says no. Um, right. So you ca- you had to come back down to this computer, and now you're now you're under pressure because Sally Ann will be home, and she'll want that room, and you're feeling no, no. We we stressed. we've actually no, we've squared that off. She's going to take the dog out for a walk um, when she comes home. Oh, so no, you, you, hang on, you didn't even get the dog out for a walk, did you not? No, every, everything has conspired. Have you not been listening? Yeah, but I thought, I, I, I thought you, you, you gave a list of jobs you were going to get done before she got home. How many of them did you get done? Like the clothes, are still, the clothes are still wet, the ashes are in your mouth, the dog isn't walked, and you've just had a shower. Is that yeah. your day? That's your day. That's pretty much it now, yeah. That don't don't make me sound like I'm not achieving anything. <laughs> I already feel inadequate enough talking to the likes of you, your you know, and your high high flying thing. Actually, I've been following you on Twitter today, and uh, and there's another thing. I tried to book tickets for your show in Ennis, yeah, and uh, and the website wouldn't accept. <laughs> oh man, that's not good. That's not good news for me when the only person who's going to book tickets can't get them. <laughs> oh, I better let the, I better let them know. I better ring them straight away. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, we we announced the tour today. But but the thing about announcing the tour, and you might, I don't know if you'll take anything from this. Like, uh, I try not to. I, I'm constantly trying not to fight against things like like days. Like you're obviously having a fight against Monday today. Um, but like even the tour. I don't even know, like I'm rehearsing at the moment and trying to learn my lines, but at the same time in the back of my mind, and we're like announcing the dates and we're doing all this and we're doing all the, we're trying to promote it. And in the back of my mind, like it might, it might even happen, you know? I, so I don't know whether that's takes the pressure off or, but it, you just have to go with it and see what happens. Nothing is real anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, under, under normal circumstances, I would agree with you. But I always think I also think there's an awful lot to having a bad day. It makes the other days relatively good. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being fucking miserable, is there? No, I, but I think you like it in like, and I don't mean that. Uh, I'm not taking, <laughs> taking the piss out of you, but you know, I think you like. You know, I do think that you will appreciate tomorrow because your wife will come home and you go, you know what, today wasn't that bad actually, and a not bad day would be better than the shit day. So like, it's an improvement, isn't it? Absolutely. 
absolutely. But I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with having a shitty day, um, which is which brings me back to your mental health podcast. Um, and you know, everybody's everybody's really into their mental health these days. It's like one of these things that's kind of ballooned up. Everybody's got mental health, and I and I understand that and I'm, I'm probably in the wrong frame of mind to be sympathetic to others at the moment but <laughs> but there's there's almost too much and I think that generation the the sort of the younger generation blame an awful lot of them just not being asked doing things on you know it's going to affect my mental health sort of thing you know I have I have family members who are that young. I'm not going to let you talk, by the way. I have family members in, in that sort of generation. And they're being told that their mental health is really important. And they're also being told that they can't afford houses. And they're also being told that, you know, they've got rights and this, that and the other. But nobody seems to be talking to them about their responsibilities. And I think that's a, a moot point in some ways, but that's just me. So maybe the... the yeah maybe the balance is a little bit off at the moment but the thing about it is it's 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 very important to you know the way every everybody has mental health and like you're okay mike you're okay because you're dealing you know you know you've got the balance rights because you go out with your lawnmower and you cut the grass and, and you have a thing for yourself or whatever so you know you'll you'll address that tomorrow uh but you know you're aware of it you're you'll go out for a walk or you'll bring walk the dog you know and it's just uh it's just making people aware of it. everybody has mental health and every it's like it's like if you you don't want to put on too much weight in that like you don't want to be you want to keep exercising as much as you can you know uh in accordance with your abilities and the same with your with your mental health you just want to make it's just it's just to make sure people are are thinking about it and when they hit a shitty time that they can reach out and talk to somebody about it, that they don't keep it bottled up. And that's the most important thing. Now, the difference is that like stress is, can be good for you and anxiety can be good for you. Uh, but it's just knowing the difference between bad stress and anxiety and not too bad stress and anxiety. And also it can be good to put yourself in uncomfortable situations or it can be put good to put yourself in a place in your life where you can't go out for a year because you're saving for a house that can be helpful, you know, to you and to your mental health as well. So it's, it's a whole big conversation and it's about getting the balance of all the things, right. I think, and getting all of the messages out there. Some people pick and choose what messages they hear. And that might like in my twenties, I didn't give a shit about my mental, all I, I didn't give a shit about <laughs> anything, anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't start saving for a house until I was in my late 20s. Uh, and I don't know whether it would have done me any good if I should, probably should. I didn't really care about my physical health or my mental health. Uh, I did like to keep my weight down, but I generally did that through dancing at the weekend. Do you know what I mean? So we have to let the young people discover for themselves that if you spend a decade not really doing much and having not really putting any thought into responsibilities towards, you know, maybe your future house or a job or all that, that might come back to bite you. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that, but nothing wrong with telling them about their mental health in the meantime, Mike, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think mental health is like uh, an NCT, you know, yeah. <clears throat> it's something that we should actually do. It, it is like, you know, I've got, you know, if you've got bad toenails, I haven't got bad toenails, but that's just something I just thought about, toenails. So if you've got bad toenails, you get them looked after. If you've got a bad sort of mental issue and somebody might have flagged that up, it's no harm, obviously, to go and get it looked at. Um, it's but it's that, the way it's, that... It's funny that on. you mentioned toenails because this is the... In Ireland, traditionally, if you've got bad toenails, sure, I wear a fucking shoe. No one will see them. So... Uh, Sometimes with mental health, if nobody sees it, it's you know it's not really a problem. It's only a problem. We we like to hide things from other people. And we like to keep secrets so we don't share. So we don't want the, our neighbours thinking we're having a hard time. We don't want them to think that we we don't have enough money to pay the bills, or we might need a job, or we don't like in Ireland. And you look, you're you're Irish as well, but like it's we have this funny attitude towards. I don't want to ask someone for a job because then they might think I need a fucking job, and then what will they think of me if I need a job? Whereas a lot of countries if you need a job you just go and ask people have you got a job you know it's it's a weird mentality if you've got bad toenails you just cover them up with a shoe and a sock and then don't tell you and hope that they go away and never deal with them and bury your head in the sand that's the pro that's the worry about mental health so if you talk about it more often 
then the people who need it are less likely to feel like they have to hide away the fact that they might need to talk to somebody. Wholeheartedly agree, and I will never use the toenail analogy again because I should have used fingernails, which everybody sees. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, I, I do agree. Of course I do. Um, I know you agree. Uh, <clears throat> but it's just, I, I do find that this younger generation, though, are being, I don't know, they're, they're being cajoled into, you know, sort of like, uh, and I work with younger people, and I just can't, the mentality sometimes is just like, well, you can't say that to me because this is uh, bullying in the worst place. And this isn't anything that's been sort of thrown at me in the past. But um, but people do seem to go out looking to take offence at the slightest thing. And then they say, well, you offended my toenails, my fingernails, my eyebrows. And now I've got mental health issues because of that. I think really people need to have a little bit of backbone. And that generation that are coming up, I don't think we're doing them any favours by doing the softly, softly approach. There has to be a balance. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But I think that that's, that could be you just being an older guy looking at the next generation and seeing their... I'm sure the generation before you, Mike, looked at you when you're all fucking backpacking around, meeting the Dalai Lama and going, what's that hippie think he's doing, you know? He needs a good kick up the hole, you know? Like, so every generation... and it's you know you always look you always look back and say ah look they're, they're like yeah well, snowflake is the word that i hate because i just think that's just one generation looking at another generation and thinking ah they're too soft not like in our day but like in our day like i like when, i don't know i just i'm very wary about looking at it the next generation coming up and thinking they're too soft because you know, they just, it's different from them. They're different, they're different issues. Here's the thing, Mike. Okay. Here's my th theory, theory, right? Good. We are, we are in a time of peace. Okay. We are. Thankfully. So we're, we don't, we don't, we, neither of us had to live through uh, any major wars. Uh, we didn't have to deal with rationing. Um, and we didn't live in the North of Ireland. So this is the time where us, this generation and the next generation get to deal with all the traumas of the previous generations that never got dealt with. So like, if like there's certain countries, places in the world, you know, states in America that dealt mm. with a lot of shit and trauma and you can see that coming down, like they've got a problem with drink. You know, you, you'll, yeah. see, you'll see a nation that have a drink problem. You'll see a nation that have a, a, a domestic abuse problem you see you know and that's just trauma being handed down so now we get to deal with all that trauma and we get to say okay this is a time where we don't have none of the young men are going off to war none of you know such a, like there's other shit going on that they have to deal with and, and male suicide is still very high which is which is a worry mm. but, but now we get to talk for a while until <laughs> until well it's it's covid now at the moment that's going to have its own traumas but you know so we get to deal with like every, you can have a gen, you can have four generations of a family, you know, domestic abuse on top of domestic abuse on top of drinking on top of vile whatever, and then you'll get one generation or one, you know, group of siblings to go. Hang on a second, that's that's you know, we're we're this stops here now, and that's just because they have the time to think about it, the time to talk about it, and the time to deal with it, you know, and that's my th theory about where we're at now. We just have time to talk. And, and reflect and maybe sometimes it can be overboard and you know it's about getting the balance right I suppose yeah I suppose but the thing I, I I don't like about your theory it's not that I don't agree with it or anything is that um you're you're taking away then um a golden era you know when you hear of the golden generation and that generation had this that and the other is there no such thing as a good time to live then because if if by definition if you're not living through trauma, you're talking about the trauma and dragging it up all the time. But you see, there's nothing wrong with dragging it up. And that's the, the that's the language, that's, that's kind of the unhealthy language because we're saying, oh, don't be dragging that up again. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, I can't, oh, oh yeah. I got you. I can't, I can't, I, I, I definitely can't. 
<laughs> I, I cannot win this argument. Not that it's an argument, and not that I came on to sort of. Uh, no, no, it's a it's a good discussion. I like I like these. It's good to talk about this stuff, you know. But uh, <laughs> but it's. Delicate. I feel like I've been dragged into it. <laughs> but it's no. But the, I'm just, I'm just, I'm uh, to be honest with you, Mike. I'm de- being devil's advocate here, so that we, so that you know, neither of us get in trouble. You're saying, you're saying the opposite to what I'm saying, and I'm saying the opposite to what you're saying. So between us, we balance it out. So we, we, we're, we're good to go. We're minding each other. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, it's 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 tricky, and 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 actually, you know, you know, it's difficult as well, uh, Mike. It's that because you have your opinions. On, it's it's a difficult thing to talk about without offending, as well. So. Uh, that's just, but 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 ultimately it's good to talk. And and I and you're right. If if the thing that I don't like is that thing where, when somebody says something or says the wrong thing, they're immediately cancelled because that doesn't give us the opportunity to have a good conversation about something mm. because you just shut someone down straight away. I don't have a problem following people on Twitter that I completely disagree with, mm. uh, because it's always it's good to see the you know it's good to know that there's another side to this and there's three sides oh, to yeah. story, and possibly more uh it's the, i have an issue with like trying to get everybody kicked off twitter that doesn't agree with your you know your x y and z or whatever it is in that moment in time and i wouldn't have a problem discussing uh having the conversation with somebody who thinks that you know mental health is bunkum or it's a made-up thing or you know that whatever it's because because it's always good to talk about it yeah i hear you <laughs> no i do i i absolutely hear exactly what you're saying and it is good to talk about these things and it's good to keep them up in the private i just think that maybe we're just adding fuel to it now one of my pet hates in discussions is racism and i think we've discussed this before mm. and the the, the I, i'm just hoping the whole mental health thing isn't going to go pear-shaped because people started talking about racism um, and sort of, you know, let's talk about this. Tony Blair started talking about it in 2006 before the general election when he won in England. And then various Irish um, politicians started talking about it in 2007, 2008. And all of a sudden, because of the way we are and we live in democracies, you've got these chat shows and you've got somebody who's on to say, listen, let's talk about racism. And then you, you have to invite a racist on Mm. And all you're doing is fueling that sort of negativity. Um, and what I don't want life to be for the younger generation is all about mental health. Mm. You're right. They've got to go and make their own mistakes as well. And they have to go and go and try and see the Dalai Lama up in his house. Or <laughs> yeah. They have to get drunk and fall asleep on a train and mm. end up somewhere they're not supposed to be. Absolutely. But I don't think that sort of, wobbles in their life should be sort of spotlighted on and sort of you know regurgitated an awful lot sort of ad infinitum so that uh, the misery keeps coming back and getting churned up okay I'll, <laughs> uh, yeah okay watch what are your you see all you need to do is <laughs> if it, <laughs> Yeah, it's not regurgitating ad infinitum. It's like if you if if something terrible happens to you, if you don't get the opportunity to discuss that with somebody, anybody, and this isn't like this isn't like going to see a therapist or if you grow up in a house and something bad happens to you and there's nowhere to turn and you can't talk to your parents and you can't talk to your siblings and you'll just suppress, you know, you can just suppress that trauma or whatever and, and try and hold on to like that you can you can keep a lid on that for a while it'll come out somewhere at some stage so mm. so the, so the only thing is to just tell people if you didn't get the opportunity to discuss something at some stage with somebody properly it could come back and bite you if you don't deal with your shit your shit might deal with you so it's not like you to to, to regurgitate bad things that happen to you and and that will somehow be unhealthy or it's just that make sure you do get to talk to somebody about it at some stage because it might be holding you back from your true potential. Well, I'm never going to win this argument. <laughs> well, as you said, it's not an argument or no, 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 it's, no, it's no. a discussion. It's a back and forth and, and we both have uh, slightly different points of view on it, but it's good to talk. And... Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking for a segue. What did we say in the production meeting? We were going to talk about them because I can't find my notes. Um, <laughs> That's because they've been non-existent. Um, <laughs> I was too busy well, thinking about my mental health. I couldn't come. I was having a mental health day. <laughs> So we we uh, we discussed my shitty day so far. Really, that shouldn't really really be be uh, shared with the nation. But then I said I was listening to your podcast, and and on the the, the point of listening to your podcasts, I off I also listened to um, Baz, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. Yeah, um, Baz Ashwami. Uh, oh, look at you! Is it Ashwami <laughs> or is it Ash? Ashmawi. Yes. Ashmawi. <laughs> See, there you go. But I like um, to pronounce it the wrong way first. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, fair enough. And um, you've done some more as well. You did um, one with, uh, I can't remember it now, it was so exciting. Um, <laughs> Sir, Sir Steo. Yeah, yes. yeah, Steo, yes. yeah, Steve-o, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve-o, he was very good. Um, I liked Baz, actually. I, I thought he was very normal. Um and of course, that's his whole point. He is normal um, because he's on television and radio and stuff. You kind of think that these people are above um, some some sort of, you know, they're above some level of society and we look up to them, which again is an issue for mental health, but I'm not going to talk about mental health anymore because you'll tie me up in knots. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I thought he was very, very good, actually. Yeah, he's, he's a good there guy. He's a good what was yeah. the other one you did? You did mental health and you did Baz and what was number oh, seven? I did. Um, I threw a couple out last Monday, which was you. One was you, obviously, and the other one was Paddy. Was it Paddy Pio? Oh yeah, brilliant! Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. Thought, I thought, I, yeah. Go, go on. on. I, I thought Paddy was great. I loved, right from the start, I loved the way he was talking about, and I mentioned it to him, I loved the way he was talking about, like he had he w- he had an active part in his birth. Like he was going, okay, okay, this is not a good place for me to be right now, and things are going to get a lot worse for me in here, guys. Uh, I'm coming out. It was, it was his language yeah. he used around it was absolutely brilliant. It was, yeah, it was very insightful. Very unusual, I thought, um, and, and quite an odd sort of not an odd guest to have on, but you know I, he's famous for something that I didn't watch, um, and I don't follow him on sort of social media uh, yet. But just very interesting to dip into his life, you know. And it's it's funny you've had a couple of uh, people with varying less able qualities than some others. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That was kind of his his attitude to that as well. Very funny, the way he owns the word disability. I thought that was that was brilliant. Yeah, because and I was think and I, and I think I said it to him in private. I don't think I said it on the podcast. Like he should have a job in like well, I don't know why he's not <laughs> doesn't have a good job in like an organization like RT because they have to they have several boxes to tick with regards to. Mm who they're employing and the type of person they're employing and, you know, and, and people with disability and people of color and people of, uh, but, but he ticks a few boxes, uh, you know, he should be, he should have that on his CV, you know? Uh, And more, more than that, he should be the sort of professor for explaining disability and being sort of in sort of gender and all sorts of things. He just spat them out as if there was nobody. You know, you talk about talking to people as if no one was listening. He didn't really care. He was just no holds barred. And I thought that was that was very refreshing. There was something yeah. as, uh, as well about his that I was struck by and to, to, to get to talk to men about mental health as well. Because I mean, he, he did the ayahuasca thing and I know he went he did therapy as well just to deal with something specific. But but mm. it seemed to me like his parents were quite open and honest and sort of, you know, they didn't seem to have many hang ups which seemed to set him on a good path with dealing with his his different abilities, as some people might call it. You know, I, like I was struck by that as well, how, you know, because I'm fascinated talking to people like Paddy and like Steve-O, like how did they, how did you get to where you are with the, you know, what some people might look at obstructions. And you, if you talk, if you were talking about like, you know, uh, the younger generation and almost like, not that they're looking for obstructions, but like, 
there's always obstructions there if you want to find them. And for those lads to be, you know, Stephen nearly killed himself drunk on his own bike. Yeah. Like, you know, he could have just, he could quite, I would totally understand if that man, went, you know, sort of sat in a corner drinking for the rest of his life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But these are the sort of people that the young people who say they've got mental health issues or blame things on mental health, not mm. being aware and all this, they should be exposed to these people. But it's all, yeah, but it's all relative, you see. That's, of course, that's yeah, the yeah, thing, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Uh, but yeah, but that, and that's why I'm interested because that's why I want to talk to these people because I think that these are good stories to get out there. I, I, I mentioned a girl called Kira that I, I haven't put her, I, I'll probably put her, I might actually put it out the same as this. And Kira is not necessarily famous. She might be, in a few years she's kind of a life coach oh, yeah. she, she had a very interesting life and so what i'm interested in if anybody's listening to this i'm, I'm interested in you know you can get in touch with me you can email me uh, i give out the email address at the top and the tail of the podcast if you think of an interesting story that you think other people can learn from get in touch with me we'll get you on the podcast and that's that's one of the things i want to do more of you know um because i think and, that's yeah and i think i think the more um sort of normal like in inverted commas, a person is, uh, the more interesting their stories are. You know, I mean, I've had the, I've had the great opportunity of meeting lots of famous people and lots of people think that that's interesting. Yeah. But listening to somebody just talk about the way they go to the shop and what they do, and it's just like, wow, I didn't look at life like that before, you know? That's, that's, I think it's bizarre the way different people have different sort of concepts about what normality is. Yeah, totally. And, and and I'm very interested in that as well, because like you don't know anybody's normal, like every like everybody, like you can live next door to somebody in Newbridge and Kildare and, you know, right next door. And you could be on a similar bringing in similar money into the house. You can have the same amount of cars outside. You can have the same amount of children or whatever. And you can have two completely different sets of values, morals, life, outcome. Uh, outlook you know the, the, mm. you know it I, i'm utterly fascinated by by that as well so so i mean it looked the, the thing about me and talking to people is just to, to, i try and just find people that i'm curious about and then chat to them and remain curious while i'm talking to them and just gently probe them you know like an alien might i i used to work in a, a local authority in england and um it was in Norfolk and you couldn't be any more English um, and everybody wore grey suits and nobody spoke to each other and people were like unbelievably boring. You know, they would talk about how much data they would get on their downloads. They would talk about, you know, I'm going to watch the television at the weekend, maybe the footy and maybe I'm going to dig a hole in the garden sort of thing. And I, I always remember asking one chap, you know, um, so what, what did you do before you came here? And, and the only story he would ever tell in company was that he, um, we once cooked a birthday cake in university in a casserole dish. <laughs> and that was his funny, that was his funny story. So I was on a job with him one day and we were assessing some drainage issues on a local housing estate. And, um, out pops this fellow from a drain and he's smoking a cigarette. What you shouldn't be doing down a, a live sewer is smoking a cigarette because there's lots of combustible stuff and gases and stuff. And he pops up and uh, he's got tattoos all over his arm. And this guy who is Mr. Boring is standing next to me and uh, he goes, oh, you were in the forces too, were you? Uh, to this fellow who pops his head out of the drain. And this guy, Mr. Boring, says, uh, well, yes, I, you, you, you look like you're in the forces. And I went, yes. And the guy went, yes. I was. Uh, what, what squadron were you in? What colour beret did you wear? And um, he said, uh, I was a green beret, but uh, whatever. And then they got talking. And one of them was in the special air services, the SAS, and the other was in the SBS, the special boat services. So these were two highly trained, you know, sort of action men. And all I knew about them was one was down a drain and the other was the most boring man in England. So you can never underestimate underestimate how people are and what's inside their heads. 
and you know, yeah, you know, and that's that's perfectly, yeah. It's, but it's, what's, that? what's that noise? It's, it's someone outside my window going. Think, I think it's the kids that want me to come out and play. You see, you can you can't say something like that anymore, can you? Because it just seems like I'm being a weird old man. <laughs> Sometimes children call to my house. Oh, don't just carry on this conversation. No, no. <laughs> But the thing about, I was going to say to you, and you kind of, the story took a different turn than I was expecting. The thing about mental health as well, Mike, is that mm. we, and the reason I got so into talking about it and, and looking into it was that you can, men of a certain age can get to a point in their 40s or early 50s, or whatever, and they go, that's me, that's me, I'm done, right? This is like what used to be called the midlife crisis or whatever. And you like this because it's nice and wanky. I like to call it the midlife awakening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that laugh. <laughs> no, but it, <laughs> no, but listen, but listen, but listen. So because, because there, at a certain time in your life, you have to work, right? You have to work and you have to bring in the money because the kids are this age and they have to go to school and you have to pay the mortgage and you have to do that. So, every, so life kind of carries you along and you do whatever you're doing and that's it. And you don't really deal with any shit. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's where what you were talking about, the responsibility comes in and that's where you grow a bit of backbone and that's where you do ba 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 and you're going, going, going 20 years down the road, bang, right? The kids are gone. Yeah. Uh, the missus is looking at you. Uh, say, for instance, you lose your job which happens in your 40s, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, a lot in the 80s, maybe not so much now. And you're going, shit, holy fuck. Who am I? Mm. What am I? What happened to the last 20 years? When did those children grow up to that age? They're going to college. What happened to my life? What happened to my hopes and dreams? I was supposed to be X, Y, and Z. And then now, and, and that's, that's where a lot of men can fall into the rut of, either you know drinking too much or hanging out with the wrong people or getting in with a bad crowd um like going they're suddenly their life has taken a path that they didn't really want it to take and they don't know how to do a sort of a, a reverse or a sort of a u-turn or, or get off that path they're on and get onto the path that they wish they got do you, do you know what i'm saying it's it's absolutely I, I, this yeah. is a, this is a vital time to kind of go okay right now i can i can have a little look around, maybe talk to a therapist, maybe try and figure out what I, I want to do with my life because what you don't want to do at this age is go, right, that's me. They're the clothes I wear. I have two pints, three pints, four pints on a Friday night. I sometimes go to a match at the weekend and that's me done. I know exactly who I am because that can be, that can be, that can lead to an unhappy life, uh, an unfulfilled life and it can, it can, you know, it can backfire on you and it can make it, uh, can make it uncomfortable for the person you're living with or whatever you know there's lots of reasons at that point to talk you know yeah so the the one thing i get out of this is we're completely on the same page i think a lot of middle-aged people men and women um should actually look after their mental health more than the younger generation that we're sort of we're spotlighting we're putting a big beaming light on them and sort of looking after them and sort of getting them through covid and getting them through this and getting them through high bank charges and you know internet costs and all this sort of stuff but we should actually be looking after ourselves at this age mm. at the 50s because mm. this is when we're vulnerable and you're right we could sleepwalk into sort of um you know the odd trip away the odd uh, sort of weekend away and maybe you know oh dialing it up so that you just kind of take the pedal off reach pension age and then do a trip to india for two weeks and then sit in front of the television and watch pointless all day whereas what I think you should be, this should be your second go at it. You should, okay, there's no, yeah. nobody's looking at me now. I'm not self-conscious anymore. Well, you probably are, but, <laughs> but there's a way of figuring all that out. And you just go, right, I'm just going to go for, I'm just going to go for this. I'm going to do, do what I actually want to do. So that's another reason for talking. But, but, but me and you, Mike, we, we met in a hotel in London. Do you think they'd take us back? Of course they would, in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to. We don't want to do any work. We just want to talk to the guests about their mental health. Is that okay? Could you set up a front mental health desk at the hotel, and we would just. We don't want to carry bags. We don't want to book any tours. We, actually, no, we book the tours because we can make tips on that. Yeah, yeah, of course we could. Yeah. We but we, do you know? Do you know what we could? Uh, we could uh, call ourselves what? The the emotional baggage porters. Oh my 
We just stopped the podcast there. That's it. We're not going to chop that. We're not. We started off as porters. Look at. Oh my God. This is. That was a wonderful moment. I think I. Just, I think I might have just had an accident in my pants. Yeah, we, we deal with all sorts of baggage, emotional and physical. Oh, my yeah. God. That is yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and Mike, can I ask you about your writing? Because I feel like if I put you under pressure and you mentioned that you're writing on a podcast, I know you did briefly, that you, you might feel the pressure then to keep it going. And to, to I know you I, I, see, I know that you entered a competition and I feel like you might have written something I, um, I, and, and had I, the I, energy to write and then enter the competition, but, but not winning the competition, which is what we all expect to do. As soon as we buy a scratch card, we expect to win because we've never bought a scratch card before. But if we write a story, we don't win. We, it, there's a tendency to give up then. Is that what's happened? Well, I, I just can't understand why the, the three um, quizzes, or not quizzes, the competitions that I uh, entered, uh, none of them <laughs> even got back to me. Um, so I failed not once, not twice, but three times. And did that stop me uh, writing? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> the, the, the goodness was taken out of it. I thought these tomes that I wrote, one was like a, an 800 piece, one was um, uh, a 500 word, and one was 3,000. And I thought, all right, I've got these little snippety stories that I can just tell perfectly with a top, a middle, and a tail on them. And they were just, you know, lovely. Uh, but obviously the judges had different thoughts. So, um, yeah, I've kind of stopped doing that now. Uh, uh, did you stop entering competitions or did you stop writing? Stop writing. Same okay. thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I say, here's my top tip for what it's worth, because I don't know shit about this. Stop entering competitions and just keep up the writing, because... Uh, <sighs> Um, I th first of all, I think with the, some of those competitions, there's an entry fee, which might be 20 euro. And I could be wrong on the competitions you entered. You can pay 35 euro if you want them to get back to you or if you want them to critique it or, you know, yeah. so I think you, you can pay extra for that. Is that a thing? Is that maybe you missed out on, no, you didn't pay the extra money? That is a thing. And I, I refuse to pay an extra. That's just, a, you know, I, I, I didn't enter anything that um, said they would critique it for an extra 25 quid. Oh, okay. I just, I, I entered two of them for like 10 and 20 quid. And one of them was free. One of them was on the Ray Darcy show. It was okay. 500, a day in the life or a day from my autobiography or whatever. I gave a little perfect, I thought was the perfect little uh, rendition of a day in my life, which was kind of interesting. And I thought funny. But, and well written, but obviously it, it, they didn't. But it probably is, and you should, don't do anything with that. Hold on to it. That could be part of something else. The thing about, well, I was told about writing, and uh, Pauline was a woman that I, I went and did a creative writing course with, and she said, just keep writing, just keep writing. And she said, you can enter competitions if you want, and if you win, brilliant. If you don't, don't worry about it. Don't even think about it. Just enter the competition. And, and pay for the feedback if that's what you want, you know, but you have to know what you want out of it. If you want to win, mm you know, you're setting yourself up for a fall. If you want feedback, you pay for it. If you don't get feedback, they probably just don't have time. And if you think about the Red Arson competition, they would have got thousands of entries. And if somebody was actually to sit down and write back to everybody and critique it and say why they didn't win, well, first of all, they'd need a degree in English because, like, you sending a story into a competition on a radio station, I, I don't know who the judge, did they employ judges or was it just like someone like me who could have uh, been working no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were actually qualified uh, judges. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I was half expecting. Of course, you do, as you say, you, you get a you get a scratch card. You think you're going to win a million, but um, of course, you, you send these things away with hope. Did you, know? you did you like did you put them in Times New Roman and did you like like did you make the first letter bigger than all the other letters and did you put an indent at the start of each paragraph? Serious question. Yes, I did. Okay. Because I, I didn't realise, somebody said to me, they'll just, they won't even read that because it's not Times New Roman. It doesn't have, it doesn't have one and a half times spacing. So, so I, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. They're not even going to yeah, read it. Yeah, I know screenplays are very um, tricky. Mm. Uh, and I know actually a guy called Tricky who writes screenplays. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the great Richard O'Sullivan, uh, Tricky O'Sullivan. We, you actually worked with him, but you don't remember him. I, well, I, I, no, I do kind of remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah. the name. Yeah, he was a posh uh, Irish lad. Wasn't he? 
Yeah. <laughs> he was from Kildare as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Posh Irish yeah, lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's now in Dublin, but he, he writes these things. And I, I remember saying to him, I'm going to write a screenplay too, um, because that's what he does now. Um, and he said, oh yeah, well, here's a good bit of software and here's a good bit of this and here's a good bit of that. And it's like a thousand euros before you even kind of get to to writing the stuff, which kind of oh, put me off. And then yeah. I thought to myself, you know, he's just taking a piss. He's just, he doesn't want any better writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting you off. That's what he does to everybody. <laughs> But uh, but you should keep writing, and I hope you do. And I, I hope that even by talking about it on the podcast, you now feel the pressure to keep. So so I'm I'm going to keep asking you every every couple of weeks. I'll ask you how the writing's going. So Good, and then yeah, and, yeah. and then you'll end up. Oh yeah, the thing that the person told me was, um, keep writing and don't. Like I have ended up with this play, this one man show. I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was writing. I just wrote some stories, and they came together and they've become this play, and it has been. It is about mental health and I have become a mental health advocate and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of happened, you know, but she said, don't decide what it is. Like if you, if you sit down to write a book, it might become a film or it might be a play or it might be a one man show or it might be a book or it might be short stories or it might be serious. Don't, or it might, you might decide I'm going to edit all these down and write a book of poetry. Like don't, mm. uh, you don't have to decide what it is and it might change what it is, you know, so just keep writing and then, and, and, the worst thing to do is stop. Yeah, which is great. And I, I and again, when you were talking to your, ba- your man Baz um, mm. on the on the podcast, you talked about writing a book and then looking at you know the top ten. How much yeah. is that actually worth? And it's just like, what's the fucking point? This. <laughs> I might as well just go out and sell my ass on the streets. To be honest. <laughs> well, then you could write a book about that. You see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a, now that's a story mike you see that's, um, that's what i'm talking about oh, <laughs> nobody bought my backside yeah listen uh what, what about um we never got around to talking about barry manlow's drummer we'll have to keep that for the next time i'd say yeah we did we keep that for the next time but will you briefly tell me just before we go because i know you have to go and your wife probably wants to use that room uh can you tell me the iggy pop story Iggy. Well, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to ask me about that. I should, so, I, I should <clears> tell <throat> anybody that's listening that if you haven't, if, if you've just jumped in on this episode and you don't know what the hell is going on, myself and Mike worked together in a hotel in London for a period in the 90s. None of us, neither of us remember really. But well, Mike remembers everything. I don't remember much. Um, and I wasn't, I don't think I was working with you at this particular time, but I do remember you telling me that you, you met Iggy stayed at a hotel you were working in. Yeah, it was before we met. It was the Milestone Hotel, and Iggy Pop was staying with us. And um, there were loads of um, people around at the time. So um, now you've got me on the spot. I can't remember the name of the band. Um, you know, the only band that sang "It's Such a Perfect Day." What's that guy? Um, yeah, Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Lou yeah, Reed and yeah. the the what's the the their, their Vel- group Velvet Underground. There you go. They had just got back together. Okay. Wow. John Cale, John Cale, I knew because yeah. I went up to him and said something along the lines of, uh, "Oh no, you you wrote, you wrote the song about cocaine, didn't you?" And he was going, "No, no, that's JJ." And I was going, "Oh no, this oh, is really no. embarrassing." Oh, no. And he yeah. and he's actually English, John Cale. Um, and actually, he was a nice fella. And Lou Reed wasn't. I'm going to say he wasn't in a great place at the time. Um, so it was a which, bit- which is unusual for Lou Reed because he's usually such a chipper fellow. Or, yeah, when I say he, he, when I say usually he's not with us anymore, but he used to be such a chipper fellow. Go yeah, on, and he, he certainly wasn't on one of his chipper uh, days when I, he was having a mic day. He was having a mic Monday when I met him. <laughs> um, and there was a little lady as well in the group. Um, but anyway, I digress as usual. But there were there was another fellow as well. I can't remember them. And there's loads of people out there going, "Oh, I remember. I know." Uh, this group and I know that that person's name and what he's talking about how could he not remember them well I do I, I'm terrible I've got a terrible memory but anyway they were doing a big concert and uh what you call him was involved um Iggy Iggy, Iggy Pop mm. and Iggy Pop came into the hotel and uh, immediately lit up the foyer so like this, in comes this unbelievably tanned thin man with blonde hair and he just looked like a rock star everything about him just exuded you know hey guys what's up 
yeah, guy. And I'm going, do you want me to get your bags to your room? Yeah, guy. That's great, man. And this is my wife. You want to take her up there? I got to go see someone. So I took the wife up to the room and she was a lovely uh, Asian lady. I think she was Japanese. I'm pretty sure she was. And um, so we got talking, very nice people. And um, two or three days later, they're on their way out of the hotel and um, they've done all their gigs and Velvet Underground check out. And then Iggy comes down and he was in a bit of a state and uh, his wife was with him and she sort of had a hand on his shoulder as if she was kind of physically and mentally holding him back. He was a different person now, you know, that had come in and he was, he was standing in the lobby and he had this big silver Samsonite case, um, a hard case. And uh, he stood there and he went, Oh man, I, I, I just don't know what to do with this case. I gotta go to uh, Japan then I got to come back to London, then I got to get there and they're going to charge me excess and it's not part of the the road trip. So I got to pay for this and I just don't know what to do. And I said, um, I just looked at his wife and I looked at him and I said, listen, um, you can just leave the bag here with me. I'll store it away for you. And, um, you know, you can pick it up on your way back through. And he looked at me and he just crumbled and he went, you do that for me, guy? I said, yeah, of course I will. Just give me the bag. Just take that bag away. If there's nothing in there you don't need, give it to me now and you can pick it up on the way back through. Man, man nobody's ever done something as nice as this for me. And then he hugged me. <laughs> and he told me that he loved me. And I was, I was hugging him back thinking this is a special moment. And his wife is sort of looking with her hands on her head kind of going, oh, Jesus, here we go. And... Uh, and that was it. And, and to my knowledge, that bag is still in the milestone. It was there two years later when I left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. the fact. I just love the story because I love it. I love that you are the guy that Iggy Pop said no one has ever done anything <laughs> this. Like, surely you think people have done nice things for Iggy Pop. He's like, he seems to me like the type of guy you'd want to do something nice for. I'm sure he just literally says that to all the guys. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> but it just struck me as being so nice. You know, so, you know, and so like, there's this guy comes in and he's got this big personality and like, you know, wow, he's in control. And then he, obviously it's the little things in life, getting back to those bad days. He was having a bad day in a hotel in London and he just couldn't see the wood for the trees. And it was this bag sitting there that was his, you know, it was a huge thing in his life, but nothing to me. I just opened a drawer and threw it in. I didn't even give him a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll remember you. I think I'll remember you and I'll remember the bag and I'll remember this moment. You don't need a ticket for that. But but it brings us back. It brings us back full circle, Mike. Because, it does. Because you, a young person might look at someone like, I don't know, Ariana Grande or... You know, whoever, 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 Harry Styles, you know, whoever today's Iggy Pop is for the young people. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of Iggy Pop and, and, and I've seen him in concert. And when you see him on stage, he is, uh, you know, as he was in the foyer that day, he's electric, he's in charge. He's he's brilliant. He's a showman. He's, he's, he's a brilliant singer. He's a brilliant performer. He's a brilliant musician. He's brilliant. Like he's on it, you know? And you know, the, the difference between that and the, and the and the whimpering sad man looking for someone to look after his case in the foyer. Yeah, hotel, you know that's the that's that's life, people. That's what it's like, you know. And and maybe we all need to see uh, a little sad Iggy Pop every now and then to remind us that we're all fa- <laughs> that we're all fallible. <laughs> we're all fallible. Perfect. Oh, Mike, listen, I better let you get back to your, to rest of your shitty day. Um, it's improved vastly now. Oh man. You're doing Iggy Pop on me, aren't you? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Listen, keep writing, and uh, we'll t- I'll talk to you during the week at some stage. I have a busy, a fucking. I'm sorry, we only get we're only recording this. So I have to put it out now in a couple of hours. But uh, I was rehearsing this week and rehearsing next week, and then I kind of have two weeks off before we do one full rehearsal, which will be kind of tech rehearsal week, and then we li- literally the tour starts. Then all, all like things co- being co- equal, yeah COVID yeah. behaving itself and all that kind of stuff so so um i'll, I'll be in touch about our next recording when okay. i when I'll, i think of it i look forward to it babe. thanks mike no problem at all take it bye, easy bye. and good luck
Thank you. Goodbye. I didn't record any of that shit. Joking. See ya. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Nothing like a good Iggy Pop story to warm the heart. The, warm the cockles of your heart. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to start doing... I don't have the show sponsored and I don't have any ads on my show yet. Although that could change. So you could be listening to this and I might have ads. They might have res- retrospectively put ads in. So I shouldn't say anything. But for now, if you want... If you have a little, you know, kind of cottage industry little company, coffee shop, something you're doing at home and you want to mention on the podcast, let me know. Email me, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Email me a little few words or if you want to come up with a funny script about your business, I'll read it out. And uh, yeah, get a bit of free advertising on my hugely, hugely successful podcast. Millions listening to it. Soon, soon there will be millions. I'd like to tell you about my wife's business. She's gone to bed now, but I was going to chat to her. It's called Nearly Sisters, and they're Irish. They're called Nearly Sisters because it's herself and her sister-in-law. So it's Nick and Sue, my wife Sue, and her sister-in-law, Nick, also my sister-in-law. And uh, they have a company called Nearly Sisters, and it's an online gifting company. So they do bundles of joy, and you can buy a bundle for yourself or for a friend. And you'd see the effort they put into putting these boxes together. It's a box of goodies, basically. A nice candle, some hand cream, a little cool tote bag for your shopping. They've got uh, John Ryan mugs. So it's all Irish, it's all handmade, it's all environmentally friendly, it's all eco-friendly. But it's beautiful and beautifully wrapped. And uh, just, I mean, I've tried to help my wife sometimes put them together. And there's a certain way you have to sort of fold the crepe paper that goes in. And I've been kind of millimetres out with folding. And she's like, that is millimetres out. She's very specific. They're beautiful. And the thing about getting something like that is you, you don't you don't know what's in it. So, as I said, like there's lotions, hand creams, mugs, coffee. They have their own coffee, branded coffee. It's cool. Um, so you don't really know what you're getting. And I know from working on radio when people send you goodies, I mean, you can send me goodies anyway for the podcast and I'll give you a mention, no problem. You you send me some goodies, I will give you a mention on the podcast. Guaranteed. I don't care what it is. <clears throat> it has to be it has to be legal though. Um, but you know, when you work on radio, you get sent in some goodies like from a company and they send you in a few you know, promo stuff. It could be something to do with a movie and they'll send you in you know, some novelty or something that might make you laugh and uh, it's opening that box and discovering what's inside that's the best thing anyway so they're called Nearly Sisters you should check them out they're on Instagram mostly on Instagram they have their own website which they're should be up by now but just you'll follow them on, on Instagram easy to find Nearly Sisters and they're brilliant I've seen the work that goes into this stuff it's impressive I, I didn't think I could be impressed by my own wife but I'm impressed by my own wife Um, which is good and uh, yeah so if you've got a company you want to mention you want to send me a script something funny that you think I might read out or some goodies I'll give them a mention on the podcast sorry for click clacking my pen there that's a habit uh, in the meantime i got to go as I said my email address is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com you can follow me on insta do tell your friends about the podcast listen back to the earlier episodes and like and subscribe and give me a rating oh, I'd say five at least five yeah, that'd be great. Thanks a lot. Gotta go. See ya. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Well, I'm running down the road trying to lose my loan. I can see him with all my mind. For the one. I better go. I have to go. I have to go to bed. I have to learn my lines. Learn the script. Goodbye. Gotta go. See ya. Bye. 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 Definitely going now. That's it. It's over. It's over between us. We're done. Goodbye. Good luck. You win nothing. You get nothing. Name that movie. I don't know. I'm joking. Gotta go. I really need to ease off the speed. Joking. That's a good one. I don't do things like that. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.